0: a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company.
1: Story Connect, the podcast. Helping communicators discover ideas to shape their
0: stories and connect with their customers. Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of Story Connect, the podcast. My name's Andy Johns with Word South. I'm your host once again for this episode. You may notice it sounds a little bit different today because we are recording live from our time, the uh, NTCA's big national conference, kind of the epicenter of rural telecom this week. Joined today by Chris Townsend, who is the CEO of DTC Telephone in Middle
1: Tennessee. Chris, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me on.
0: Now we've got a uh, uh, several live episodes coming up. We're streaming these on Facebook Live. We'll also be uh, recording, I think it's about 10 of them we've got lined up to do here at our time with guests like Chris. Uh, I wanted to have Chris on to talk about uh, the, the fiber build-out that DTC has been doing, because really when I look around at, at all the folks that we work with and other folks I've heard of, DTC has really gone from not quite zero to 60, but close, faster than just about anybody else. Uh, Chris, when you started, why was this the right time for DTC to get into the fiber building business?
1: Yeah, yeah Andy, I think the number one reason uh, for the timing was that our customers were asking for it. And what I meant by that was, on a daily basis, we were being asked to provide services to our customers that our copper plant that has been aging for a long time would not deliver. Right. As a matter of fact, we quantified over uh, about an eight-month period... And 127 times a month, we would tell people no to taking additional money, which we thought was a bad business idea. 121. Wow. Yeah, okay. we quantified that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, what, uh, when you get started with something like this, because you guys had a little bit of fiber. That's right. But to get it ramped up so fast, I mean, you, we'd heard about fiber shortage. We've heard about you know just having all the capital needed to do that. How were you guys able to get going so fast with the fiber
1: build? So I think in our planning model, we worked really hard to communicate with all needed parties at the same time. What I mean by that is we began communicating with um, the fiber providers, the equipment providers, the bankers, even internally uh, and in our communities. So we started having meetings and explaining the need for what we were doing. But in addition to the need, we explained the need for the quick timing um, and there's always a danger in that, obviously, because if you move too fast, you can miss learning some good lessons. Right. Uh, but we relied heavily on our communication folks to help us get that message out so that everyone would get by into the process.
0: Okay. And we'll talk about some of those lessons here in a minute, but I want to talk about the communication. Um, so when you're building that fast uh, for folks to really understand, sounds like some of them that were clamoring for it to begin with, but those others, how do you communicate? How do you explain to them? Look, this is a brand new network. This is not an upgrade. This is something really revolutionary for our area.
1: Yeah, so it goes back again to communications. We've communicated on every front and probably using every method you can imagine. Uh, we've communicated online. We've communicated at our annual meetings. We've communicated at, um, uh, just in, in our marketing materials, um, in our... Uh, magazine that we send out once every two months. We're consistently telling the story of of not only what we do and why we do it, but why this is such a big undertaking. We we told them consistently, them being our customers, our community members, that really this was starting over. Um, In 1951, we began building a a telephone network, and we essentially are completely rebuilding that network to deliver world-class services. So, in 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 a very short way it's a really big project that costs a lot of money and takes a lot of time to put together and we tell that consistently everywhere we go
0: can you talk a little bit, and just as, as general as you'd like, but the scope, the overall scope, because you guys are doing this, um, it's a, a couple of counties, DeKalb and Cannon counties being the main ones, I guess, but, but just let everybody know kind of how much y'all are building and uh, and how quickly that's taking place if you've got those numbers on the top of your head.
1: Yeah, so we uh, serve in, in parts of five counties in Middle Tennessee. Uh, it's a very hilly terrain Um, um, some, uh, lots of rock, not not some rock, like it's on top of the ground. So it's a tough area to build in, but we cover almost 800 square miles in those five counties. Um, and we have a little over 2000 miles of, of fiber plant that we're planning to build. Um, and we're trying to do that mostly in about a five year period. So it's a pretty quick build. Uh, we actually overbuilt just over 20% of our plant last year alone. So, uh, we're we ramped up really fast and we're right in the middle of it, and we hope to be done with this, what we call phase one um, by the end of 2021. So yeah, quick moving project.
0: Definitely, definitely. So do you think, and you talked about the communication effort, do you think folks are are getting it? Do you think they're understanding, particularly like the stakeholders, the, the, the mayors, the officials, are folks understanding just what a big commitment it is that you guys are making in the middle of Tennessee?
1: They are understanding, but I don't think we can slow down on how we continually tell that story. Um, you know, we're a cooperative, and from that perspective, we're owned by our members. But we have significant competition, even though we're in a high-cost area. Uh, we have significant cable competition on our boundaries. Um, even even one of the, the large Arlex has fiber right up against one of our boundaries. So we're getting some, some pressure there, uh, hearing from others as well. But, um, yeah, I think people are understanding because – we're meeting with them at every level to help them understand the benefits to the community. Um, and I can give you many examples, but but uh, Smith County, for example, uh, won a million-dollar industrial development grant, I think just over a year ago, to work in the industrial park area. We were one of the key players that were able to provide information and prove that we could get fiber services before they could put shovels in the ground. It helped them win that grant. So, yeah, we're communicating on every level. They're getting it. But I don't think that work's ever completed.
0: Sure, sure. I know, and we've talked about this before. We've worked with DTC for quite a while, and then we worked with Chris before he was at DTC with another cooperative. But we've talked before about this, but how do you communicate to the folks? I mean, we know in the industry how fast you guys are going, but if you've got a house way out, a long way from the route, how do you communicate with folks that still don't think you're going fast enough?
1: Sure, and that's a challenge. Um because the last thing we want to do is to tell a, a customer or a community member that, sorry, we'll see you in a few years. Um, but the reality is we're just very honest with them. And we explain that, yeah, we're a nonprofit cooperative, but we still have to run the business and, and make enough money to, to provide the services. To continue doing and, it, Yeah, right. And if, if you, you you can't go... Um, just spend every penny day one without without the timing that it takes to get the network built and to get the revenues flowing back in to pay for that. So we, we tell it quite simply. If we're spending the money in another area first, it's because our business plan has proven that we'll get a better return on investment there and it will help us afford to get to them in the most rural areas. Now, to be honest with you, we're kind of doing a mix of building in in some of those most rural areas and some of the more populated areas at the same time. And the reason is uh, we, we have a grid, a rubric, if you will, that helps us understand where to build next. And we do that based upon if there's a lot of quality of service issues in that area, if, we're, if our plant just won't deliver the service that's needed or we're out of uh, pairs and we can't, you know, you're waiting on one person to disconnect to provide broadband <laughs> to the Not a next. good situation, it's not right? good. So we're actually dividing that up based upon multiple factors and kind of trying to tackle those most needed areas first.
0: Okay. I've got two last questions for you. What has been the biggest challenge or obstacle that you guys run across ramping up a fiber build like this so quickly?
1: I mean, the biggest challenges, I guess, are, are decently, I mean, they're pretty common in our industry. And, you know, that is making sure that you're far enough ahead in your planning To help the banks understand the need for capital, right? To help, I thought money might come up. Yeah, (laughs) to help those people that are providing the fiber to you. I mean, those sometimes those are a a one year plus lead time on those orders. Um, Contractors. I mean, there's a lot of people building as we speak, and you've got to make sure you can secure the contractors if you don't have all of the help that you need internally to get this built because you're building. Miles and miles and miles, hundreds of miles per year. That doesn't get done overnight by a handful of people. Sure. So there's no
0: fiber fairy that stops by and just right. lay that magically. I,
1: I think honestly, it's it's ensuring that your business plan is solid, um, and that it is. Uh, it, it has to be a big plan, and what I mean by that is it has to to, to get the the final project done but there has to be flexibility building as well. And I think that's helped us be successful in securing the parts and pieces in a timely fashion.
0: Excellent. The last thing I had for you, if there's somebody out there who's either just started a fiber build or who's, who's thinking, yeah, we really need to do this. What advice would you give them? What have you learned along the way these last couple of years that, that advice you could pass on to them?
1: I mean, I think philosophically it comes back to the basic principles of why we do what we do. Know your, why know why you're doing this. Um, You're going to spend millions of dollars and for the best in the business, it can still be a scary proposition. Um, We're taking a lot of risk by doing this, especially in high cost areas, but know why you're doing what you're doing and communicate that with everyone. Have a clearly defined plan with flexibility built in and then once you make the commitment, don't look back. Give it everything you've got because at the end of the day, we're going to make some mistakes, but we're doing this for the right reasons, and our communities are all going to benefit with e-connectivity initiatives, whether that be economic development, education, entertainment, whatever. And our, our people's quality of lives are going to be better, and, and that goes back to why, why we do what we do. And I think if we make those decisions and spend those dollars based upon those factors, we can return on that investment, even though it may be small. And we can lay our head on the pillow at night knowing we made the right business decisions. And, you know, Andy, if 10 years from now we failed at part of it, we walk away knowing we did the very best we could do for the people that live there. And I can, I can live with running a business that way.
0: Well said. Well said. As, as I expected it would be. He's Chris Townsend. Um, he is the CEO of DTC in Middle Tennessee. And uh, Chris, thanks for being on with me. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate the time. This is our first of several here that we're recording at our time. I'm your host, Andy Johns with Word South. Thanks for tuning in. And until we talk again, keep telling your story.